0: Hey everyone, this is Steve Bowes. Before we get to today's HR happy hour show, I want to thank our sponsor for today's show, which is People Strategy. For intuitive hire to retire HR technology to comprehensive benefits consulting and HR services, People Strategy offers employers a single source for the tools and services necessary to attract, manage, and retain talent. A full service broker, People Strategy works with clients to identify competitive benefits packages. To meet the needs of employees, their families, and the company's financial obligations. People Strategy also provides clients with a technology suite that simplifies recruiting, hiring, and onboarding, payroll and payroll taxes, open enrollment and benefits administration, time and attendance, compliance, reporting, and more. One provider, one low price. Let People Strategy help you develop your People Strategy. Learn more at www.peoplestrategy.com. Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name's Steve It's Great to be with you today. I am not joined by, of course, Trish McFarland today. Trish is on assignment. We say hello to her and we miss her and we'll talk to her again very soon. I'm flying solo for the first time in a while. I was trying to figure out when was the last time I did a solo HR Happy Hour show and it has been a while. Luckily for me and for you, we've got a great, great guest and a super topic today. We are going to dig into the next generation of HR talent, HR leadership, and how to prepare yourself or folks on your team for the next, uh, the skills and the capabilities and the um, the talent we need to continue furthering HR as a profession. I'm super excited to talk about that topic. So before we get to that, I just want to mention a couple things, uh, keep it locked into the HR happy hour show. We're super excited. It's been a great year that we're winding down along uh, all the shows on the network, Um, check out some shows we recently did uh, with our friends at paycom on the future of HR and the employee experience in particular. And our 400th show is out there now with uh, the godfather of HR, Dave Ulrich, who made his, I believe, third appearance on the HR happy hour show. And that was a super fun show uh, as well with Dave. So if you have not yet check that out in the archives, we're now booking out to 2020. So no more for 2019. I think we're filled up, but if you have an idea for a topic or a guest you'd like us to consider, For the show in 2020, you can tweet at us at HR Happy Hour. You can go to our new – we relaunched the website, by the way. I've not talked about this too much, but HRHappyHour.net is the show's website, which has been redesigned and relaunched, and there's a contact form on there as well. And you can also email me, Steve, at H3HR.com. Finally, probably getting into almost year two complete of the HR Happy Hour Alexa version show. That's right. I did one yesterday um, check that out on the Alexa device. Uh, you can add it to your daily news update or flash briefing. You can just search for the HR happy hour skill on your Alexa app. So take care of that. And, uh, yeah, it's really fun doing those shows. We're almost up to 200 of those, by the way. So, uh, super fun doing the Alexa show too. So, all right, enough of that, enough of that nonsense. We have a super topic today. Again, we're talking about the next generation of HR talent, developing HR leaders for the future. Our guest today is Andrea Butcher. Andrea is the president of HRD Advisory Group and also the co-founder of Next Gen Talent, a two-year development program for early career HR leaders focused on building business skills. She's a visionary and knows how to lead organizations from big picture to execution. She has an impressive 20-year career as a business leader, driving change, growing organizations, and developing talent to optimize performance. Andrea is also a podcaster. That's cool. (laughs) Her podcast is called Being at Work, which highlights leadership stories. Each episode is a 20-minute leadership lesson from a seasoned executive. Welcome, Andrea, to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you today?
1: Awesome. Thank you, Steve. There is no place I'd rather be. I am so passionate about developing HR leaders, particularly early career HR leaders. So thanks for allowing me to be a guest. I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: Yeah, Andrea, I'm I'm super uh, glad you're here. I'm glad we're talking about this, and I'm, I'll mention this. We'll 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 pull, peel back the curtain just a little bit. I, in the pre-show, Andrea and I were talking for a few minutes, uh, and I said, "Hey, I'm just glad we're not." I love HR technology. Don't get me wrong, but I'm glad we're not talking about it today for, for a change because we've been killing <laughs> HR tech from every possible angle because you know, it makes sense. We were in the HR tech conference kind of run up and aftermath and I spent all year talking about technology. So I'm glad we're kind of spinning from that a little bit as well to just talk about a real kind of fundamental uh, and important topic uh, around the future of HR and, and future HR leaders. So Angie, I read the bio, uh, but maybe if you want to, we'll start off by maybe giving us just a step back or maybe even if you don't mind sharing a we're going to dig into the program course uh, as well in the future of HR talent and Hr leadership, but kind of maybe give us a little context what kind of as, as an HR leader and a business leader yourself said, you know what? I'd like to develop something that will help prepare the next generation of HR leaders. What what kind of was that, you know, what was that aha moment that got you started down this path?
1: Well, like a lot of great ideas, it happened over time through multiple conversations and just seeing what was happening in the market and working with HR leaders every day and business leaders as a consultant. You know, I was having conversations with some of my HR colleagues in the in the market and we recognized that there was a gap in the development of early career HR leaders. A lot of the development was really focused on compliance, um, the legality requirements of the function, sure. um, you know, a, a lot of the traditional, more like activity-based learning. And w- we, we had this idea for an experience that actually immersed early career HR leaders in the business and gave them an opportunity to do a little deeper dive around specific business skills because, you know, as we know that the changing context of the workplace and the marketplace is a great opportunity for HR leaders and it can feel a bit overwhelming today because HR leaders are expected to be good at so many things.
0: Yeah, that's a super point. Yeah.
1: And, and so equipping them to navigate and lead through all of the challenges that come out of the business, you know, so we, um, and in partnership with, with a couple of other leaders here locally in the Indianapolis market, we put out applications to see what kind of interest we were get. And we were really, really pleased with the level of talent that we got. And this year in 2019, we had a group of 13 early career HR leaders that the course of the year, um, each month was focused on a different business discipline. So we focused on sales, we focused on marketing, okay. focused on business acumen and finance, executive presence, technology, budgeting, and so gave gave them an opportunity to to really get their arms around topics that they're not always exposed to from a development perspective.
0: Yeah, Andrew, that's really a great context and a great kind of way to set up the conversation. And I appreciate that. And and I think you're right, right? I think, you know, so much of what we have people do early in their careers focuses on kind of you know the nuts and bolts of that individual function or profession, right? That you mentioned the compliance, legal, the record. I mean, I'm thinking about the record keeping and the transactions yeah. and making sure form X is placed in you know file Y. Whether now, okay, maybe it's a digital form X and in digital file storage place Y, but it's still right. It's 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 not so uh, deeply immersed into some of these more um, uh, important and uh, sometimes difficult right things that we expect HR leaders to do. And when you, Andre, when you said we expect HR leaders of today and of the future, honestly, to be good at a lot of things, I think that's kind of unique to HR. I mean, maybe I'm a little bit biased because we, <laughs> I spent all my time talking about this, but you know, we're asking HR leaders to be really good at technology, to understand their business, to be really excellent at marketing, to be great communicators. That executive presence you've talked about is really, really important. Change management, right? Um, all the things that we expect HR leaders to be good at, they've got to really have a wide, wide set of skills and capabilities. And uh, there's that's not easy to develop, right, when you're a young, uh, early career HR professional in most organizations, I'd imagine.
1: Well, and you're right. And it, as you look at, there's a lot of work around the HR skills needed for the future. I mean, if you if you were to Google that, right, you'd see all kinds of things pop up. And as I've researched a lot of those articles and blogs and thoughts, one of the things I see over and over is how important learning agility is. And I see that because of the expectation that we're good at so many different things. You know, we, we have to be... So, so my perspective, Steve, I really think it's about being a strong leader because strong leaders naturally are able to flex and will be more agile and, you know, you, you, you um, mentioned Dave Ulrich and all of his work around paradox navigation. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a facilitator role, right? And if we're focused on, you know, less of like deep expertise in an area, but more of facilitating the different perspectives in the business, I think we can get to a, a more well-rounded outcome that involves multiple perspectives. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, it's knowing a lot about a lot of things in the business and being able to pull what we need when we need it. No no longer can we rely on the compliance orientation to solve the kinds of problems that our businesses have today.
0: Yeah, and that's a super point, Andrea. Plus, I also think that many of those challenges, whether it's compliance or legal, transactional, certainly the record-keeping stuff. Again, we're not talking about technology, but we do know that technology... Yeah, for HR and for workplaces it continues to advance at, 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 at an incredible level, making some of those things, you know, uh, easier to do, right? We can automate some of them away or we can just process efficiency, reduce the amount of time that HR people need to spend on them. But then, okay, but that doesn't mean we've prepared these HR people then. We right? we talk all the time in technology about how the application of these advanced technologies is going to free up, miraculously free up our HR people to do higher value added activities, but we, we need to make sure they're prepared to do them and capable of doing them and ready to do them. Yeah. yeah. I
1: saw um, last week I saw there was this, this HR open source report that said 68% of current HR professionals have worked in fields outside of HR. Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, it, it, in doing the work that I'm doing, you know, I thought, oh, okay, so the shift to, to broaden the business perspective of HR leaders is happening organically, right? I mean, because of our focus on analytics, we're attracting finance leaders into HR. You know, because of our focus on brand, we're attracting marketing sure. talent into HR. So, isn't it interesting that sixty-eight percent? Are you surprised by that?
0: That's a high number, and I knew I knew there. That definitely been a trend towards that more on the marketing side for sure, and uh, maybe even in the in the technology side and that some of that I think has come from more organizations just carving out specific h r technology right. roles in the organization that might attract uh, technical people, but yeah that number's pretty high, and that 's interesting to me. Are you finding andre, that the folks you 're working with in the next gen talent program, the young h uh, r professionals um, are they coming into this set on I, I really want a career in hr this is what i'm I, i'm i'm interested in this is what jazzes me up i don't want to i don't want to throw the passion word out there cuz you know people will debate whether or not that even matters but yeah. um are you finding people really enthusiastic and, and, and geared up towards uh, creating themselves hr careers
1: you know what's so exciting to me is that because there's there's a lot of doom and gloom around the state of the workforce right even the state of the world and what I have been so impressed about these, this group of leaders is that they, they view that changing context as a great opportunity. They mm-hmm. are so smart, so good, so talented. You know, one of the things I was telling one of my colleagues last week, one of my biggest takeaways, working with them so closely over the course of a year, because we, we, we meet with them twice per month. There's mm-hmm. a learning session around that topic that I mentioned earlier, right? Sales, marketing, finance. And there's then there's an application portion, so they'll do a presentation they um they'll always have some sort of an assignment so like, when we did finance, we had them like look at their business p and l or get as much information they could about the financial um, health of their business and then come back and talk about what what they saw and what they learned and and as I watched them throughout the year, just so impressed with their with their positivity, with their passion to learn, to grow. And so one of my takeaways is I think we need to get out of their way when there okay. is a passionate HR leader, like early career HR leader, stepping up with initiative, a desire to learn, a desire to move the business forward. I think the best thing we can do is to, is to, you know, cr- create a system in which they can be successful mm-hmm. and you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is um, because I'm so passionate about this topic is so how to replicate something like this. Right. This is a program right now that's happening in Indianapolis.
0: Yeah. And just I just to, to step back for one second, Andrea. Yeah. Uh, you're meeting with the cohort of, of, say, 13 to 15 people, young HR professionals, yep. uh, set, taking them through various um, uh, uh, tracks, if you will, or themes right, to help grow them, uh, grow them as leaders and understand business, understand technology, understand marketing, et cetera. But there's a huge in-person component to this. I, this is what it sounds like to me, right, Andre? We're, there is. We're, yeah, yeah. So we're so I just want people who are listening to this to understand this. That doesn't mean this is the only way to do it, but the the program that you created or co-created and, and are help, helping to, to run in Indianapolis there is a huge component of, and, and I, I imagine big value, right, of bringing all these folks together in one place.
1: Yeah. You got it. We did, there was, um, there were some virtual pieces to it. But yeah, I mean, one of, one of the outcomes that we were driving to is a cohort. We wanted mm-hmm. them to have a really strong network. We, we believe in the power of networking and outside, getting outside of your business and learning about what's happening in other organizations. So we definitely wanted to create an experience where people could come together and build relationships. And that is one of the takeaways that we heard from the program participants this year is the friendships they built. And yeah. no doubt part of that is because they were in person together.
0: Yeah. I got to believe that's a big part of it. Look, I'm a big virtual guy too. And there's great ways to learn virtually. And we can talk about some of the ways where people can get involved in things like this, even if they can't pull it together in, in person. But I got to believe there's there's a tremendous amount of power there as uh, as the folks throughout it, it, do this program in two years. So so you're bringing folks together a, a couple times a month. There's kind of an educational component and then, then it's sort of a like a practical component, right? As you go across these different educational modules. Andre, who are you working with or, or some of your other co-founders or other folks in the community? Who's helping to facilitate? Well, I know you're an experienced person, but I, I don't think you're a finance expert. Maybe, maybe you are, no. but like, so who are you engaging in the community to help kind of facilitate and, and, and help uh, educate the, the people in the program?
1: Yeah, great question, because this is about building well-rounded skills, right? And my my whole background has been around leader development and motivation, and emotional intelligence kind of work. And that's just one p- part of what we wanted to create, right? Had I done this program in isolation, like not nearly the value that they would have gotten. Like we, so we looked to business leaders who were known in those particular areas. Okay. And even the other, so there's four of us that led the program this year, and we are so different. So mm. one of the leaders, Lori Smith, for example, she does have a finance background,
0: right. and so gotcha. she
1: was so helpful from the metrics, analytics, budgeting, those topics, and helping to shape that content and what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly Lavin, another one of the founders, has a, more of a technology focus, so she was able to bring that Laura Moffat has a like real strong coaching and business leader focus. So the four of us together, that so that in and of itself, right? The leadership of the program was well rounded. Yeah. But then we, we, like I said, we looked to sales leaders and marketing experts, and you know experts that um, there's a, a local leader who does a lot of work around finance one on one and in money management. And we engaged him to talk mm-hmm. through, like, how do you read a PL and l and what do you look for? And what does that mean? And yeah, the other thing, Steve, that we did is we also went to the senior HR community and said, because we, we recognized we actually had a lot of senior HR leaders that reached out and said, I want to participate. Sure. So, so we thought about, well, okay, how do we engage them? Um, cause, cause over and over we heard like, man, I wish there had been something, like that when I was coming. Yeah, that's the
0: truth. Yeah. So
1: we, you know, I can relate to that. I'm sure you can too. So we engage them as mentors through the program and program participants have said how much value they got in that. So each of the participants were paired with multiple mentors throughout the year. So these are VPs, you know, executive level HR leaders in the community. So just so valuable. So in addition to that, business skill development you also get access to two mentors through the program
0: yeah that's an incredibly powerful component i would think of a program like this and maybe one long term right maybe just as impactful to the folks um going through the next gen talent program as well right beyond just the 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 acquisition of new skills and new, new capabilities right yeah Relations- super relationships yeah so so we kind of are, are, are you know and i I'm buying in in terms of yeah this approach that says we need uh h r leaders who are good at plenty of things, probably a bit more well rounded a bit more um, with a bit more ability to to think across the business, right, think strategically, think laterally, whatever the phrase uh that you like one of the things that you know I mentioned to you, andre, we were talking pre show and I thought I'd bring it up uh, on the show is you know for a while, I felt like um you know, maybe from, maybe it was an impact of the the recession and coming out of the recession, et cetera. But I feel like there was a good five, six, maybe eight year run where I felt like most of the advice to early career HR professionals, at least in terms of development, um, was go get an MBA. Like, And and that advice was kind of mantra and it was almost taken full stop. Go get an MBA, go get your MBA, go get your MBA, work for three years or however long you have to. And then Sign up and go get your MBA, and it was almost not even questioned for a long time because it was kind of for a while it felt hard to argue against that. Well, who wouldn't want to have someone on the team who'd went through a good MBA program and came out on the other side? And certainly, they would have acquired lots of new skills and you know capabilities and, and um, broadened kind of uh, expertise. But I don't know, like I, I and some of what you're doing here reflects a little bit on some of the things you'd go through in an MBA right. program, right? You'd have marketing, yeah. you'd have finance, you'd have communication, et cetera. But I don't know, I love your thoughts just as, a, as an HR leader, as, as someone now who's working with lots of younger career HR professionals who are aspiring to longer careers in, in HR leadership. What, did you sense that as well? And what are your thoughts about that whole kind of conceptually, how, how we really should be preparing our future HR leaders?
1: Yeah, one of the things we heard over and over from program participants this year is it was such a confidence boost. Mm-hmm. And as we dug into that, it was really around there was almost some fear and anxiety about some of these topics. And so once these business leaders came in, they felt like, oh, like when when IT, for example, we had a CIO come in and then we talked about we had two months versus on technology and the month we were talking to the CIO, there was a lot of comments around Wow, IT really has a lot of the same challenges as HR does. Mm-hmm, We're mm-hmm. both service functions. And so so the reason I say that is because I like you said, Steve, I think somebody goes and gets an MBA, that's not going to be hurtful. No, no doubt there's going to be helpful in some ways. Yeah. But but I would say to early career HR leaders, you know, learn about the aspects of your business. You know, spend time with finance leaders and sales leaders and marketing leaders and IT leaders just to understand the challenges that they face, because then you're in a position to na- to help them navigate those challenges. I think like we t- we started the conversation around learning agility. I think the most important future skills for HR leaders are more around leadership skills, navigation, facilitation,
0: yeah. resilience. Yeah. yeah. I, I, negotiation, probably. Negotiation.
1: You got yeah. it. Yeah.
0: When I was reading through some of the details of the Next Gen Talent program, Andrea, like the one that stood out to me the most was not the technology component, which is, I'm sure, very, very important and interesting, but was your idea of um, executive presence is how you call it, right, at the program. And to me, that's one that's really underserved, right? And, And that's more than just how to write a nice PowerPoint and get up there and talk for 20 minutes. and uh, But I also think it's one that's probably more important than we tend to think about, right? I'd love for you maybe to talk about that, that element of the program as well. And just maybe your thoughts about uh, d- developing that skill as a, as a core skill for, for an HR leader of the future.
1: Well, it's critical, isn't it? Because think about the opportunities we have to work with executives every day in the business, even those passing by kinds of interactions And we, um, so we were very intentional about executive presence through the program. So I mentioned earlier that they did a lot of presentations through the program. So they got experience and they said it was painful and they hated it, (laughs) but it pushed them out of their comfort zone and we gave them pretty hardcore feedback. I mean, we, we didn't hold back because we wanted them to grow. I mean, they're investing in themselves, right? We owe it to them. The other thing we did is we brought in a local expert. There's a gal here locally, um, Alex Perry is her name, and that is the work that she does. And okay. So she, so she set the context for executive presence, and then we were able – so she came to the program early in the year, and then we were able to use those concepts throughout the entire program. And it was – yeah, when we, um, when we did the evaluation, it was by and large one of the greatest value adds that the participants walked away with is feeling more confident in their speaking abilities and their influence. And a lot of times we would say like, speak up, like we can't hear you. Yeah. Like, you know, in order to be a credible advocate, like we actually have to hear your voice. So,
0: Yeah. And we've got to believe, we've got to believe in you. We've got to believe you're, you've got a command of what you're talking about. We, you, we've got to be sometimes convinced by you, right. to, to, you know, develop a new program, implement a new program, install a new benefit for the employees, whatever the case may be, right? It's, there's so much, um, that interpersonal element and it's not just interpersonal, but it's also, Hey, you know, we can trust you. We're confident in you. You sound confident in yourself, right? I mean, there's a lot to that. And, and again, I think it's really under, um, It's often overlooked, right? Just in any kind of professional's development. So I'm glad you guys are focusing on that as well as as a key element or 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 almost like a foundational element of of this program. Very much so. Very much
1: so. And the takeaway there is, and I, I, I appreciate your thoughts on it as well, it's it is you have a perspective, like if there are any early career HR, HR leaders listening right now, like that would be my biggest encouragement is to believe in your perspective. You are working in the business every day and you see yeah. things, trust that, like you have a perspective that no one else has, right? You have a unique eye. And so you have a responsibility to share that, to share the patterns that you see, to share, yeah. to share what you notice.
0: And the chances are, right, depending on your role in the HR organization, even if you're a more junior person, chances are you're interacting with more, you know, by volume, uh, people in the organization on a daily, weekly, monthly basis than maybe some of these executives that you might be, you know, having to stand in front of and and pitch your ideas to, right? Like, we've often heard stories about senior leaders in organizations being kind of insulated, right? They kind of, they meet with their immediate team. They're dealing with maybe the big customers here and there, but they're not... They're not on the ground. They're not listening. Their ears not. T- they're busy, right? They're doing other things, and, and you may be out there if you're in an employee relations role or benefits role or whatever the role may be. You're talking to people, potentially tons of them, every day, Absolutely. and you can really learn a lot that way too.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's that's t- not taking those encounters for granted. That oh, there's yeah. there's meaning in all of those. So. Yeah. Taking yeah. what you can from that. I, um, I spoke at a conference uh, this summer and I facilitated a CEO panel and it was so interesting. I went in thinking we were going to take one track and what ended up coming out of that. So it was about 200 HR senior midsize and senior HR leaders um, in the room and then CEOs on this panel. And basically what the CEOs were saying is what you just said, like, we need to hear your perspective. We are externally focused. You know, we're spending so much time like thinking about like industry challenges and we don't have the perspective you have on what's happening in the business and we need to hear from you. And so what I was able to get from the audience, these HR leaders were basically saying like, well, we don't like, we don't want to bother you and we know you're busy. And but basically the CEO was saying like, you know, if if my reaction, if I seem bothered or annoyed or like, don't let that be a deterrent to you because I, I need that feedback. Who else am I going to get that from? I thought that was, thought that was so good for them to hear. That's a great
0: piece of advice. And those kinds of, you know, it's a slightly, yeah, off off what we were talking about, but those kinds of opportunities are also really valuable for, for young or early career HR leaders to, to hear those perspectives because even in their own organization, right, it's typical, you know, um, you don't get to talk to the CEO, right? Very often, right? If it's a large organization, certainly, maybe never, right? Like so, um, it's great to be able to have a chance to hear hear their point of view and understand how valuable and important it is. And when you get your opportunity, also to help uh, get ready for it, uh, Andre, I want to ask one more thing about the program itself, and and then uh, and then we can talk about whatever we'd like to. Is is I like how the two year programs. So this is a pretty long um, endeavor right for the participants in the program. So the first year kind of focuses on the different business skills. We have sales, marketing, operations, finance, IT, executive presence we've been talking about for a little bit. But then kind of in the second year, you've got a different spin on it. I'd love for you to talk about how you kind of take that cohort then in their second year and how, how sort of the program and their activities and their experience changes a little bit in year two.
1: Well, they are running the program in year two. <laughs>
0: I like so,
1: it. Yeah. Well, but so think it's. I think really. I, I was going to say it's a genius model, but then I thought, okay, I helped
0: build the model, yeah. so I probably no, can't that's right. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> but it's think, smart. It's think smart about, for sure. Yeah.
1: It's well designed, right? It's well designed. There you go. Because they. So what we did at the end of this year is we identified committee chairs. So like, it, you know, think about like any like programmatic nonprofit organization. There's marketing programs, communications, finance. And then because of our mentoring component being so important, there's a mentoring committee. So we identified chairs for each of those. And so essentially, the four program leaders, each of us are overseeing one of those areas. And so we're strategically supporting year two. But the model now is they run the program in year two. And so they get practice running a business, running a program. I mean, there's, there is an investment to this. So there's a finance committee that's managing the financial aspect of the okay. program, they have to coordinate with the programs committee on all of the things that go into creating the programs. So yeah, it's uh they're running it now.
0: Yeah, that's great. And then at the end, once they get through the, the two years kind of, I mean, I know you mentioned the executive presence piece kind of comes comes uh, high, is highlighted by the program participants as being particularly invaluable. Are there other things that have, have been teased out, or whether it's anecdotally, or maybe you've surveyed the folks, or or followed mm-hmm. up with them individually? What are what are some of the I, I don't want to say takeaways is the right word, but yeah. outcomes that you're seeing that are that are particularly interesting from folks who've gone through the program?
1: Yeah. So before I go to outcomes, just one more thing I'll say about the year two experience. So in addition to them strategically overseeing aspects of the program, they also have some programmatic requirements. So they still have a mentor through the program. There are a couple of ads that we're doing in 2020. And so they'll be required to participate in those. There's a book that we'll be studying together. We've created a Google Hangouts. Okay. So once a month, they'll all be together on Google Hangouts and we'll have a specific question that we'll facilitate. So there's, there's continued growth and development happening. And then, the, the, so the outcomes of that are they've, they've got this strengthened network of both mentors and peers to support your right. path they understand how the talent function impacts the rest of the business have confidence in owning their perspective and moving their business forward and and obviously the most obvious one improved skills in those critical gap areas that we talked about finance sure. sales marketing technology negotiations budgeting yeah.
0: And just just people who are super confident, better prepared, ready, and and maybe even more fired up, right? About about what they're doing for in their organizations, for their organizations, and as HR professionals, I, it sounds like to me.
1: Yeah, you you got it. And it's been interesting the buzz that we've had this year. You know, so we we put out um, the call for application, and not surprising, like we got a lot of them because of the buzz of the program this year yeah. and their their enthusiasm for it and. And you know, thinking thinking longer term, right? I'm I'm such a visionary and and an optimist. So the sky is the limit for this. Like I've been talking with other business functions, IT in particular, like why not have next gen IT or sure. next gen finance or next gen marketing? Cause they have some of the same challenges. So this this is a model that could continue to grow, you know. So in twenty twenty one, we'll have twenty twenty participants serving as um, the year two mentors, leaders of the program. And then we'll have, so at that point we'll have, you know, almost 50 leaders in some way engaged with next gen talent. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's lots of ideas that we've talked about, you know, an an annual conference or quarterly next gen talent meetups. Um, You know, eventually I mentioned earlier, this is, this is such a replicable model. I'd love to pick up and put in other markets. So, you know, eventually we could have virtual next gen talent participation.
0: Yeah. And that's what I wanted to mention before I did let you go, Andre, was the the idea that, yeah, you guys have created this model. And I'm I'm certain that you'll tweak it over time or you'll learn things as well. But you've got a model that that's working. It's 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 it makes perfect sense. It's understandable. You've got lots of people now who've been involved in it who can give you feedback on how to how to tweak it around the edges, maybe and, and make it even better. But this is certainly something with just a little bit of guidance, a little bit of support, uh, and a little bit of work, but certainly, but could be replicated in other places, right? There's no reason why not, right? And and so, folks who are listening to this show, maybe they're maybe they're folks like yourself who are just interested in in this in the in learning and development and, and kind of preparing people for for the future of, of HR and future of work. Maybe they're in Chicago or they're in Baltimore or you know wherever they are. Like um, you know what what. They can get in touch with you, I'd imagine, or through through the Next Gen yeah. Talent site to talk about this.
1: Yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best way to reach me. Just Andrea Butcher. If you search my name, you'll you'll find me quickly. Yeah, I it, and like one of the things I want to say is you know recognizing that right now it's not practical for all early career HR leaders to participate in a formal development program, right? Because mm-hmm. right now it's just in one market. But the message, as we've talked about, is still such an important one. And so they're, they're really, they're obvious, they're pretty two obvious things that, that can be done. Like early career HR leaders in any organization can take advantage of those opportunities that we talked about. Yeah. The the meetings that they have, the interactions that they have with business leaders and ask lots of questions. Ask how questions, ask what questions, because then you'll get context and information. And then for senior HR leaders who are grooming and developing early career HR leaders, help create those opportunities, you know, shadowing opportunities. Early in my career, I had a a progressive HR leader who recognized this and he, um, he identified a mentor in the finance organization. I met with him every other week and we just talked about the state of the business and I learned so much from him. You know, and then I would go to those monthly all-hands meetings where our CEO would talk about the business. I'm like, "Okay, I kind of know what he's talking about now."
0: <laughs> yeah. I could definitely see there could be in a in a, in any given market. Maybe you've seen you you mentioned this. You've seen a lot of this in in the Indianapolis market uh, almost as much or just as much enthusiasm for people more senior hr leaders who want to get involved who want to help who want to participate yes. who want to mentor as well as the the young career hr professionals who who are there eager to grow and to learn and to develop themselves like i can yeah. see just a, that's a to me it just seems like a real win win right for both uh on both sides of this, which is why it's such a good idea. You called yes. it genius. I might say it's a genius idea too. Oh, Andrea. thank you, Steve. It's, thank it, you. it's a super idea, which is is, when I heard genius. about it, I yeah. said, oh, this would be a great conversation for our show. So I'm, uh, you know, to me it's, it's, it's really, really, really one of the more interesting things I've heard in the last year or so or more. And, uh, I'm so glad we were able to talk about it so a little good. bit today and, uh, so just a couple of things real quick before we let you go. So the website, and I'll pay, this will be in the show notes. So the website for the next gen talent program is just www.ngtalent.com. So you can, you can see how the program is structured there. You can get some information about it. There's some, uh, uh, you know, the, again, it's, it's happening in Indianapolis now, but there's, you know, if there's opportunity to expand it, I'm sure Andrea and her team would be happy to talk to you about that. So you can, you can learn more at ngtalent.com and we'll put Andrea's uh, LinkedIn information as well on the show notes. You can reach out to her directly too. Um, Andrea, I think, uh, gosh, there was one last thing I wanted to ask you. So, okay, but no, I think that's it. I think, I think we sort of uh, covered all the important points, right? And I'm just so glad that, that, this exists out there for for like yeah. early career HR professionals. And I really yeah. do hope it, it, it continues to be successful and I hope it expands. I really do.
1: Well, and, and if I could just add to that, so I obviously share your enthusiasm and so I'm so grateful for your passion as well. Cause I also see it as such a win-win and no doubt. There are a lot of leaders like us, Steve, in markets across the country that are developing early career talent in some way, there are, I know there are leaders leading book clubs for early career HR leaders or HR peer groups or networking groups. And like one of the things, oh, this was another thing I was going to say earlier. So I've done a lot of those peer groups and HR peer groups and book clubs and, but just was craving a little more depth. And again, it was still HR focused.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Right.
1: So if there are leaders out there, yeah, the model is built. It's a solid model. We have proven success of that. We're on year two. So like you said, we're learning and we learned so much this year. I mean, yeah. good golly. You always do the first year. So there's e- there's a good model, model that could be put, picked up. Yeah, we we just need HR leaders in markets that have time and capaci- capacity and willingness to to help lead it.
0: Yeah, and I think I think once more people become aware of this model, I I think there will be some, uh, you know, definitely some interest, definitely some enthusiasm about finding ways to expand it, even in a small way. And even if, even honestly, Andre, like as you said, even if you're just an HR professional right now, early career HR professional, and maybe you don't quite have access to this, and you're not ready to go sign up for that MBA, but just conceptually, kind of read over what's happening at NG Talent, take a look at how it's structured, and try to think about ways where you can kind of uh, create some of those experiences uh, uh, for yourself, right. Along with some of your exactly. peers too. And I could think there could definitely be a groundswell for this as well. Right. Like people coming together yeah. and say, Hey, we really need this. Right. And going to, to their leaders in their organizations or their, or their peers and say, how do, how do we make this happen too? So I would also encourage people who, you know, to reach out to to the NG Town people, to Andre and company as well, just to, just to find out how they can help to, uh, Kind of light the fire for this, maybe, right in their own uh, in their own uh, uh, locale. So, all right, Andrea, super cool. I s- promised I wouldn't keep you too long, but uh, super fascinating discussion. I love what you're doing, and I, I wish you continued success uh, with the Next Gen Talent Program, Andrea Butcher. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you, Steve. Awesome, great job. So. Woo! All right. We did it. I know. I, I flew solo. I hope, Trish, I hope I didn't blow it, but I, it was a good show. Really interesting conversation. So again, ngtalent.com. We'll put Angie's information in the show notes as well. Uh, all right. So we're winding down the year. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We've had a great run of shows and we've got a couple more to do before the end of the year. But uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the HR Happy Hour show wherever you get your podcasts. For Trish McFarlane, my name's Steve Bowes. For our guest, Andrea Butcher, this has been the HR Happy Hour show. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time and bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.